0: boss called me up and said come in to work i just hung up on that slave driving jerk i'm going to wrestling going to wrestling well you'd think i'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. i'm going to wrestling going to wrestling r-a-s-s-l-i and that's wrestling r-a-s-s-l-i and that's wrestling
1: Producer Chris says he fell asleep on his couch for laying there for ten minutes, so he's ultra tired. I am extremely tired. Some people say I don't work very hard, but the truth is I'm always working. You're always tired. Always
2: tired. Yeah, hey, I've had three ephedrins and one caffeine pill, so, so I'm one of us go. is
1: wired and ready to go, and that's I'm ready the, to go. What do we call you, the special guest? What the regular special guest star? Sure. Yep. Yes, the Mecca Shane Madison. We call
3: him the Heather Locklear of the show. So we're gonna dig
1: down on something right, right off the get go. Um, Time bomb pro wrestling got on, took to Twitter. Not pro. To, well, they they call themselves Time Bomb Pro Wrestling, and they took to Twitter after hearing that we slagged them for oh, running really? a no ring show in oh. Winnipeg. And you know who who jumped to their defense? Three D Pro, Don Douglas. Don Douglas said, "Don't dollar listen. store Onida. Don't listen to those jabronis." is what Don Douglas said. Yeah, you know, I'm going to let that one go. He doesn't listen to the show. So how does he know we're jabronis, right? You got to listen to judge somebody a jabroni. Like I watch Adam Knight's YouTube promos to think he's a jabroni. And I watch, you know, like... Let's move on. Oh,
3: that was a pregnant pause. You well, were, because I can just I don't yeah. want to be negative Ned no. this week. Let's be let's be positive, Pete. So let's
2: hey, hey listen, time bomb pro wrestling on Twitter. It's as real as it gets since 2018. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's
1: what it says. Yes, time bomb pro wrestling. Hey, I'm gonna say something. If you're gonna to go to that show with no ring and it's a deathmatch show, so friend of the show Mark Green said that um he said he's gonna to go to the show. And we said we'd shout out to anybody who's a, a fan of the show who tells us they're gonna go. Mark, we would he says it's gonna sell out. We hope you're gonna share your thoughts the and night pictures. of a bomber game? Yeah. Well, I, that's why I'm not gonna Good to luck. Be there. I would have been there any other way, probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> so this begs a question someone brought up. How are they able to do a no-ring deathmatch show? I saw if, pictures and a little bit of footage from the 3D show and it, somebody brought up, you brought it up in a conversation you had and I've heard it recently from somebody maybe there's a need for regulation and maybe there's a need for a commission and this actually would have been a good conversation to bring Darren Metzler in on who is a commissioner in Grand Grand Prairie Combative Sports Commission Right. but we're going to cut him out, he'll listen and, and he, he can critique it I broke into the wrestling game when the Manitoba Boxing and Wrestling Commission was still active, 1995. And then in 96, I think was the last year, and then it was disbanded. And Why it was became, it disbanded? It became the Manitoba Boxing Commission, and the problem was wrestling wasn't serious. Like, it, independent wrestling wasn't big enough, so they were basically existent only to, as a, as I'm to understand it, Wayne Stanton actually talked about this when he was on the show, that it was basically just a, they would charge fees to WWE and like a a piece of the the gate or bond or whatever. It didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. What it's, what a commission is supposed to do is it's supposed to stop two promoters from running in the same town at the same time. I don't agree with that. I think if you, if you're in, in the line, in the line of competition, if you're going to compete against me and I know my product's good, bring it on. We'll go the same (sighs) night. Yep. And my goal is going to be to out compete you. And my fans should be excited that I'm that hungry to put the better show on. Right. Um, and fans sometimes say, well, it's, it's terrible. We have to choose. Yes, you do have to choose. I believe I'm going to run a better show. So if you choose the other show, they did something better to promote it, right? It's not that bad.
2: Is that what the commission's focus was? No,
1: the commission in a perfect world, the commission is supposed to make sure that the talent is all healthy on the show, right? That they can pass a blood test, that they pass a physical, Yeah, that they don't have a heart condition. Right. That's what a commission should do, but they also hold promoters accountable, right? You needed to have a promoter's bond. You couldn't burn a venue. Like you could not not pay a bill to the venue. The venue could go in against your bond, essentially. What, what I think people want to see happen is, okay, so there's so much maverick wrestling promoters right now in the, in the market, and nobody has to pay attention to quality. You just basically
2: say you're running wrestling. And if you can draw people to your show, great. Or if you're like time bomb, you just load up a car, guys, you drive to Canada. What's your purpose of and basic, coming here? I'm here to visit some friends. Yeah, And that's it. And you go run a show and then you drive home. You basically, you
1: pretend to fight. Right. That's basically what it is. I don't imagine in any fight I've ever seen in a bar or anywhere else where it will look like a, a death match. It's not like any fight I've ever seen that was legitimate. Usually is one guy throwing punches at the other guy, the other guy trying to tie up the guy who's punching. Yeah. That's usually what the fight is. Mm-hmm. Or two guys trying to tie each other up and 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 they get pulled apart. When it's girls, it's pull at the hair, kick, kick, kick. So death matches don't look like real fights because guy is selling and feeding for whatever the next weapon is. And then, however they turn it around, I don't understand the psychology of it. That's why I never really booked heavy on it. Like In 2001, Rob Stardom tried to make a career out of hardcore matches. Well,
2: here's my feeling on death matches. Wrestling's a work. Mm -hmm. The art form is looking like you're attempting to hurt somebody, not actually maiming somebody in the ring. There's no art in
3: that. That, That's my problem with those matches, or matches loosely. We call it a match, I suppose. Exhibitions. It's, It's really you know, a sanctioned bar fight. And sure, they're not they're not punching at full speed, they're pulling their punches a little bit, but it's pretty hard to pull a chair shot the way they take them. They don't or nobody, land
2: in a pane of glass.
1: Nobody puts their hands up. Nobody protects himself. Like it's I've ridiculous. seen videos
3: of these shows and it's
2: it's Who protects the audience? That's more my concern.
3: Well, absolutely it's actually glass
2: uncomfortable tubes. to watch. Like I, I can't actually watch it. Like I saw a video this week of Matt Cardone in another one of these matches Yeah,
3: the, the light tubes on the yeah, back. He got hit with yeah.
2: a light tube on the over his head and it somehow sliced his back and blood was just dripping out of his back. And I'm just like, there's no art form in that. That is not a work. You're legitimately injuring, hurting, cutting somebody where they could potentially have to go to the hospital. By the well, way,
3: stop using light tubes. There's well, no point.
2: Why would
1: a guy who can charge three thousand dollars on the indie scene and he could have the a good in like a good match? Why is he doing death matches, Matt
3: Cardona?
2: And he's out there selling gimmicks beforehand. Uh,
3: yeah, I think <laughs> we I th- talked about that. I think his argument is he because he's been doing these death, not because specifically, he became more popular. He, yes, he became more popular, and that's why he can. St- sell these gimmicks and he's
2: turned down national companies offering him pretty significant deals to not
1: yeah because he can control his own narrative right now
3: Well, yeah he's hot he can make as much money as he wants and when that sort of starts to tail off he'll sign with somebody for this sure. this isn't
1: just a death match question whether or not a commission could help right now see in Winnipeg right now you've got CWE WPW you've got Primo's you've got Time Bomb there was a, ru- a ru- rumor this week that Wayne Stanton is seek- uh, is trying to find a ring, and I asked him directly about it. He didn't answer. Which, so that's a yes.
2: Well, you're up to seven percent. You could need a ring soon. I, I heard
1: it. he's a, up to eight. I don't need a ring right now.
3: He's up to eight percent. Not this, right now. He not said.
1: not this tired. Uh, no. Not this week. Anyways, not this week. okay. Tune <laughs> into episode sixty next week. Here's what I would like to see. I don't think a commission can fix this. It has to be. The talent making it reputable. And what I mean by this is a promoter can only run a show if he can get it, if he can field a roster. Okay. So CWE and and WPW kind of have their pick of the litter because CWE, you can get 10 or 12, 15 dates a month. So everybody Like if you want to work within a geographical range and make the best money, you can work CWE 10, 15 times a month. WPW has the most, uh, they have the most momentum in this one market, Winnipeg. Primos offers now four or five shows a month. I think they're running, you would know from the event center, but they're running a, a pile of dates, but they're just basically saying, okay, we're going to run. Bang, 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 bang. And it's now their second trip in some of these markets. And I hope the markets did well. But what I saw on video, the crowds were pretty sparse because it's like, there's no method or madness. We're going to come back by month. You cannot go to Flynn Flawn, Manitoba or Saskatchewan, whichever side of the border you ran the show every two months and think, oh, well we drew 150 this time. We'll draw 165 next time. Cause of momentum. It doesn't necessarily work like that. Flynn Flawn, for instance, and Flint, How's you lazy
2: car in Flint Fleas, flan?
1: fleas. For instance, <laughs> if you run it in February, you might draw better than you do in spring and summer because it's a lake town, right? Like James Gandolfini used to have a, a cottage yeah. in Flin So when you get into nicer weather, try to get people to go into the building, although maybe the population soars. I don't know. So the thing that I'm saying is, rather than a commission coming in and saying, hey, we're not going to sanction, we're not going to license this event. That's that's crap, but talent
2: can really police themselves. And that's what the, why the, nobody's doing that though. No. Well, look at Primo's. There's a whole bunch of guys on their shows. They are like a hundred pounds. Yeah. But they They have seen them, but they also have credible talent because the guy pays. Okay, or but, because they look at it and they I've say... Seen, I've seen guys who can't run the ropes. How are they wrestling
1: in a match? So then how come the credible guys on the roster, if that's legitimate, and I, I haven't seen that. So I've I seen can, video. So. Okay, so if you've seen video and it was on a show, how come someone like Robbie Royce and, and ATM aren't saying, hey, this guy can't be on a show with me. If you're going to book this guy, I can't work for
2: you. I don't have an answer to that. And I, that should be happening. Because I, that's, I do. That's, or I would not put my name on that show.
1: Could you imagine? Like, think of think of two thousand two PCW when we could pick anybody. And I think remember that Easy Green guy, yep. or Carver Gleason,
3: mm-hmm.
1: or Lynn Adams, which, which was two thousand one, two thousand two. That was as low as we could go. But I never said, "Hey, I want you to wrestle Carver Gleason and carry him to a good match." I want you to have a program with. Carver I did that though. <laughs> yeah, you did wrestle a match with him, but
2: that was kind of like. Yeah, That was the bottom of the barrel at the time. And that person still had some uh, ability and some training. Yes.
1: The problem would be if I, as a booker would say, Hey, we're going to bring this guy in because you know what? He's a good guy or he's paying me to train. And I want him to wrestle matches. Somebody like you might
2: say, he's not ready. And no, Uh, no. And that's what needed to happen. That's what needs to happen. And that's why I left Winnipeg in 1998 because I didn't, like legitimately right now I could just, if nobody knew who I was, I could just show up at a show and say, Hey, uh, look at, I have some wrestling trunks. I got some boots and I'm a wrestler and they would let me on a show without knowing what you could do or if you even trained. And that's why I left the city because I saw, I've been to wrestling shows locally and they were like just guys who look terrible. Yeah. So I wanted to go somewhere reputable, get trained, come back and then look what happened. We kind of raised the bar here and all the tides kind of went up. Yeah. But right now, and and here's, you know, what kind of brought on this conversation was, you know, we talked about it. Spider and I were on the treadmill yesterday. We were talking about commissions and our th- philosophy was a commission should be there to protect the business, protect the business. And in 03 there was a safety study done, which we were all a part of.
1: Marty Goldstein was contracted by the provincial government to do it. Right. Sports and got a and hefty sum person. of yeah.
2: money for this. Yeah. And basically the outcome was it was determined that the quote unquote boys could police themselves, but we can't do that anymore because that could be perceived as bullying. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys who we would be quote unquote policing should not be in a wrestling ring. Yeah, you're 100% right. So in 2000 when
1: it happened in 2003, Scotty Styles
2: almost took a broke superplex
1: his neck. and hurt himself very badly something went wrong off the top rope. Had to be taken out in an ambulance. People thought he broke his neck. Uh Eric Robinson, I think is his name, was the Minister of Sport for Manitoba and the Minister of right. Sport decided that he needed to study whether wrestling in Winnipeg or Manitoba was safe. And because he was hearing all kinds of things, Marty Goldstein came back from Vancouver, put in a bid. I believe Ernie Todd may have put in a yep, bid. He did. And Ugh. I don't remember who else might've put in a, I, there was rumors Buck Madiowski might've put in a bid and may have wanted to re amalgamate the Manitoba wrestling and boxing commission. The end result was, and it wasn't a hefty amount of money, it was like $20,000. It's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Like, Marty did not get rich off of it. No. But Marty had public studies, and he would come around, and he'd have an engineer look at rings. Nothing really came of it. No offense to Marty. He, I do believe Marty worked hard on it, but nothing (laughs) changed other than the belief that people had to police themselves, like the wrestlers had to police themselves. In... 2005, seven, 10. If a guy didn't make, didn't belong, people said it in the locker room. Hey, you are never going to make it. Don't, don't waste your time or my time trying.
2: And you weren't allowed on a show. It but, just, but it, more importantly, why would they want to embarrass themselves? Like, don't they, they probably watch this on TV I don't like, think they think they're embarrassing but themselves. But that's, that's the crazy thing. Like, don't they look at it and say, like, I in no way resemble this yeah. or that. Like, how do you not have that self-awareness? So this isn't dwelling on the negatives
1: either. Because in a perfect environment, and it's been there before, Danny Duggan, Mentalo, AJ, all guys who really helped develop good talents. And they, did, they didn't They did let the talent go below a certain threshold right? You asked me a question, not on the air, but you said we should talk about this. Who would be qualified locally to run a um, seminar? A seminar. And Mantelo would be. Yep. And A.J. Sanchez would be. Robbie Royce. I've always said that Robbie Royce is very flawless in the ring, but not the best teacher. No offense to him. Yeah. He It comes natural to him, so he doesn't teach it necessarily. Yeah. Danny Duggan would be a good one. Danny Dug, I haven't seen Danny Duggan train anybody, so I can't I can't say. I've
2: never seen him say, Hey, let me work with you. I've seen him work with talent like yeah, during yeah. training sessions, and he's very good at like little nuancey things. Yeah. So I so think that's important.
1: it's realistically, at some point, Mentalo may not want to do much to advance or to develop youth. Right? If he's not getting paid for it, why would he want to? AJ Sanchez may not want to do it forever. You have to have a commitment to developing your, your talent. And every crew needs to have a leader that is like the quality control guy. Hey, I'll work this guy in his tryout. And if he's not good enough, he doesn't get another match. When I broke in, it was Vance. And if you were a heavyweight, I think Jewel worked with you or, or Saxon and, or striker. And if you were a junior heavyweight Royce or Vance worked with you. And if if you couldn't be led to a basic four-step match, you were done. It was
2: plain and simply it. No one even knows what a four-step match is. I guarantee
1: you some of well, the people that, I've That's seen... how
3: I came into PCW as well. Like, I, I was not just given a spot. I came in and I had to work Mike Angels one week. I had to work Mentalo the next week. Yeah. And I came in from RCW. So, like, not that... that I'm Did not Hank Ross call you to recruit you by chance? No. Okay. No, I, I showed up at the lid and actually got the spot myself. Do you yeah. remember... And I don't know if you remember this. But I had to work with these really good guys. Like, it was not a... In 2005, Mentolo was oh, yeah. at the top of his game. Like, But I remember Sean Houston,
2: Chris Rain, they had
3: to do almost a dark match yes. at PCW. Yeah. I was the, the booker. Sh- before
2: the show went on the air. Mm-hmm. And they were wrestling for Body Slam Wrestling in Selkirk, S- Manitoba. S- right. So that story is, I had a mixed review of Body Slam. I came
1: to love Matt Fairlane, but at the time, their reputation was a little spotty. Mm-hmm. Of they were Mavericks and they weren't going to follow anyone's lead. And these John Cutler, I'd heard some good things about his look and size. And I hadn't heard a lot about Houston and and rain, Chris Rain, Sean Houston. And so they came and just looking at them, I thought these guys look like a million dollars and they looked really good. Sure did. Yep. And then show me what you can do. And I was, I liked what I saw from all of them. We hired them
2: all. I remember the lights were on in the bar this was before the show even happened and they went out there totally cold yeah. and they said, we have some new talent and we treated it just like a dark match. Yeah, So the local dark match, yeah, we
1: didn't want it to be owned on the roster. See the best way for the business to police itself is for them to be competitive. The companies to be competitive with each other. That's when talent, that's when companies will say, God, oh, oh, I got to have the best talent. And if they start competing on having the
2: best talent, they get rid of the worst talent in the process. Right, unless the best talent goes to work for company A and company B still wants then to go show. then company B
1: wants to go out of business because you've all so that let me That's give you an what's example. What's happening right now? 2000 and 2002, when we took everyone from Bobby and we left him yep. a handful of guys, there mm-hmm. were guys. So, in the locker room, there's the story that JP Chaos was sitting there just staring <laughs> off. And and the locker room's trying to get fired up that they're going to fight the best fight because there was still Rob Stardom, Ryan Wood. Johnny Vance Malibu. Nevada, Johnny Malibu. We didn't... Ab- Ryan, like We didn't got them completely. No. And JP Chaos looks <laughs> just, and says, I can't believe they didn't take me. <laughs> 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 but it was demoral- Like The guys who didn't, don't get the invite feel like crap. So they're not exactly... They don't exactly turn it up like they—they're demoralized. Yeah, exactly. So you're so their
3: their performance shows it, right? I guess so. But like for for me, for example, that w- I would have the opposite. You'd be uh, gung ho. I'd be gung ho to, to prove you wrong. You th- know what though? The problem me. is. But, but,
2: but what did Bobby do? He brought in a bunch of guys who were no good. Exactly. Yeah. So he, that is what I'm saying. Is that yeah. we took all these guys. Bobby still wanted to run a show. I'm going to show you guys it. <laughs> And he got these new guys who weren't really. All but that he did good. not
1: have an ounce of fun doing it, except for when he thought he had a little momentum when he hit the Tatanka show. He last We did Eddie Guerrero. Then, then he comes back with with Davey Boy Smith, and then like he had the worst luck that year. Even when he thought he had momentum, th- something would work against him. And then he, I remember he he booked Tatanka for what was called the Aboriginal Summer Games. And then the worst thing he could have done is write a blog, and he said this in his blog, people ask me if I think I'm a genius for booking Tatanka <laughs> for Aboriginal <laughs> Summer Games. No, it was common sense, he said, because he thought Tatanka was going to draw a huge house. And we ran a local show with just our home crew. It was yeah. a week after the LOD show, yeah, and we outdrew
3: him. I'm kind of surprised it didn't draw, or did, did it draw it didn't just not well. But you
1: know what the problem was? I think that what it was like... Uh, it was a big event a festival and they had their own festivities at night. Uh so, It was just thrown in there. Yeah, yeah it so got, he mixed. So he and, tried to draw yeah. all the athlete like he tried to draw against competition of that never worked. It was no, watered so, down. Yeah, yeah, like it would be one thing if he sold the show and they put it on in their in their main expo. So I'm gonna give Time Bomb a, a bit of a pass here because I'm not gonna pass judge I don't like death matches. I really don't. I don't like no ring death matches even more. and But I'm not going to cast judgment. If you want to go to the show, like I said last week, and Mark Green said it, go, please, take pictures. picture. I can't wait to see the pictures online. I'm going to reserve judgment till after. Now, if in, real, in reality, the Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries Commission should go down there and say, this is not a form of entertainment allowed in a drinking establishment where this can't happen. And if you have it happen, we're, we're cutting off your license. That's what they should do. Realistically. I can't decide that I'm going to, I'm going to have a lounge and you know what? I'm going to do two women and two men. Like I'm going to, I'm going to have a live sex show. You can't because you, there's regulations to what you can do with strippers. You have to have a special license for it. So. Why in the world would simulated fight? It's one thing if you have a wrestling ring in a in a bar cuz that's an extension of a stage. That's a performance platform. You take that away. Okay, it's a bar fight. What I saw at what, 3, I what I saw with 3D at 3D show was that the fans are interacting with the talent while they're swinging weapons. What happens when a when a spectator gets hurt?
2: Yeah. Well the guys from Time Bomb just drive back to Fargo and don't worry about it in Winnipeg. Well
1: thanks for burning the 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 town, boys. You gotta think about this. They're actually Americans. What happens if if in the process of something going wrong it ends up being a fight and one of them gets hit with an assault charge?
2: Yeah. So do you think a commission would be helpful in instances like this? Yeah. I think the commission
1: wouldn't sanction it. But it's not act it's not actually gonna fall under the commission to stop this. It would fall under Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries to to control it it's their, there they have the jurisdiction the problem is and i said this with 3d is the people affected by this aren't going to be time bomb that goes back to fargo and doesn't care it's actually going to be cwe who runs rookies yep.
2: because they're just going to say we don't want anything called wrestling as entertainment remember was it Bobby who had semi-pro wrestling at the Cavalier Inn? In a That's
1: what they advertised, but Bobby didn't ring. sell it that way. So what happened was there was an entertainment agent involved. Yep. And he because of the size of the venue, he had to go with a ring right on the floor that was 14 by 14. And they're advertising on Joe Aiello's radio show was uh, semi-professional wrestling in a
2: 14 by 14 foot ring. I worked one show. I think the first show there, I took a drop toe hold from Chad Tatum and he broke my nose with a drop toe hold. And then... uh, I told Bobby, I'm never wrestling on any one of these shows ever again because you call it semi-pro wrestling. Yes. And I am not a semi-pro wrestler. Which
1: wasn't even his fault. It was the venue who bought the advertising. Right.
2: But I said, I'm done with this.
1: Remember at that time, they had the Palladium and they had the whatever the Cavalier was. And they said they were going to split the roster. And some guys are going to work the pe- the Palladium and the others are going to work the Cavalier. Nobody, It's like a- yeah. AEW right but now. But I had
2: pride Yep. And I said, I will not do that show if yep. it's advertised in this manner.
1: What I find interesting right now, in the original Time Bomb show in Winnipeg, Tyler Colton worked it because they the promoter bragged about it on Twitter to, to us. I wonder if any locals show up. I wonder what the pay is. Is the pay... Subs- I don't think Tyler Colton's going to show up on that show because Tyler Colton's... Advertised in the main event of the biggest show of the year.
2: Tyler Colton also is not going to be hit, hit with light tubes that, and yeah. cheese graters. That, that, and that's glass. what I was
3: going to get. At. I have no doubt that Tyler Colton was on the last show because he was. I also, but I have an extreme doubt that he was taking light tubes to the head. Was and, there a ring on the on their last show? I don't think. so. I don't think so either. But I think Tyler Colton probably just beat some people up and wasn't, you know, yeah. cheese graters or what you know, what have you. No pizza cutters to the face. I say it every week. I'll say it again.
1: I love it. When something like this happens and it gives us something to talk about. Because listen, it is never, ever gonna be. I am a believer in certain things. I'll tell you what I'm a believer. What are we at for time? 25 minutes. Hey! Okay. Oh, okay. I love good booking, tag team wrestling done with actual tag teams, not throw together teams. Uh, At least one good tag team, they can take on a throw-together tag team. But no, I don't like two throw-together tag teams. I am a believer in good heels who can talk. I'm a believer in good babyfaces who can sell. I am a believer in heel managers, males or females, who can advance the storyline. I am a fan of great ring announcers, which is why I loved having Gary Michael Capetto on the show last season. Wayne Stanton, great ring announcer. I am not a fan of people cutting corners and calling themselves promoters. Or now, professional wrestlers. Exactly. Here's the thing. If if the top-tier wrestlers say, I am not appearing on a show where the quality doesn't meet this, their price will go up because I want... Who's the best locally? Mentalo. I want Mentalo on my show. Mentalo is telling me because I've got this guy, this guy, this guy who he doesn't think are quality. He's now set the price at two fifty.
2: That's not going to work though. Because what? if Royce and ATM said that to Primos and said, I'm not going to work on those Primo shows, they would be off those shows. Those shows would still run and they look for different guys. Perfect. Because then it's Adam Knight and Primos
1: and then I can say it's because the promoter didn't didn't commit to, co- to quality, and when enough people say, "Hey promoter, you don't commit to quality," and the whole the whole scene says that one isn't committed to quality, and we say primos, it isn't yeah. necessarily nope. just primos. Absolutely, you're right. Like C N E W A is saying they're going to run again. Is it? I don't know what they call it. You know who
3: I'm talking the, about? Louie and Rob. They keep Steele. adding extra. Yeah. Initials. Oh, Lou, Louis's back. Yeah, they say I missed his Facebook run.
1: Okay, so. It doesn't have to be any one company, but if you're using bottom-of-the-barrel talent, okay, I want to develop that talent, do it in training. Develop them first, then yeah, put them in a position exactly.
2: in, a, in a match.
1: But here we go. I don't think a commission fixes it. I really don't. I think what ends up happening with a commission is is that the commission, whoever the prov- province appoints as the commission. they it, Okay, let me say how a commission would work. A guy like Steve Stryker comes back to town and actually tries to rule it with an iron fist and, and works with promoters to say, that ain't going to fly. That would be good. That does fly. And I say someone like Steve Stryker, it wouldn't be him. Stan Saxon would be a guy that maybe could do it. Um, it'd be someone from that generation who who would come in and say, um, I'm sorry, but for the following citations, you can't, this show can't go forward. I don't think that guy was trained by accredited trainer. I don't think that, I don't think that guy is in good enough health that he won't potentially, you know, hurt himself. Um, that's what it would have to be. But, and I've just named the two guys I could think of. I would really have to dig Brian Jules currently wrestling for CWE. So he wouldn't be good at it. Um, like, is he really? Yeah, I was that, not aware of that if
2: that was the scenario, though, I would be in favor of that. Yes, that would be a bit of uh, quality control.
1: Yes, it, but and the commissioner would have to be appointed on by the province, agreed upon by the peers, right? Yeah, like not a vote, but like. Each company would have to be able to say, yes, I can work within the parameters or I'm not going to be licensed, right? That's basically it. That's what would happen. Yeah. In order to have my license to promote shows, I have to agree with this commissioner, which and no the commissioner works. has to be impartial. And that's where Metzler would be so ideal because the guy puts himself on a pedestal of credibility. He would never compromise it to do a deal. And he would work with the guy. He would communicate with the promoter and say, fix this and fix this and you're fine. That's what needs to happen. It will not happen. So talking about commission is very unrealistic. Like Marty Goldstein is one of the bookers for CWE. So as much as he fancies himself as a guy who could regulate the business, he can't. He plays favorites. Okay, so what if somebody- Andrew Shellcross sitting out could be a regulator, believe it or not. I would say that because would be good. the thing with Andrew Shellcross is it's black and white with him. It's not who my friends are. It's this is what the rule is. And I've been told I have to follow the rule. So you're going to follow the rule.
2: So what if somebody gets hurt on one of these shows with these unqualified, untrained people? And I'm not just pointing at Time Bomb or Primo's sure. or whatever. Anyway. Well,
1: Adam Knight, you know. We'll hurt. get into that. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to go too Adam Knight heavy this week. So. so the thing is now we're lucky. Well, no, because promoters will bury it, right? So when Adam Knight slapped Sheldon, Danny wanted to bury it, but so I got a copy of the video and I said, I'm not burying this. Because it was a stupid move and Adam Knight's 100 percent wrong. I'm not burying it. But let's say promoter anyone decides to run a mat, run a show and they put in an unqualified wrestler and he ends up in Chad Austin situation, the guy Marty Cinnetty, yep. broke Rock his neck. Yeah. Something happens, guy gets a broken neck. That's when it's going to be noticed is when a guy breaks when a guy breaks a neck and is in a wheelchair. That is when it becomes, oh my God, how was this happening? And nobody was paying attention to it. So what happens then is immediately the provincial government will want, will f- possibly freeze the business while they do a review, understand something, the wrestling business doesn't operate like a business. There is so much where it's run underneath the radar. Nobody asks, so nobody set, tells, and nobody knows, and that happens with quality, but it also happens in the business operation aspect. And that's a problem. So what would happen if someone got seriously hurt, which could happen even with two qualified people in the ring, let me tell you, so many, like, Misawa died in the ring after a suplex, right? Like, it happens even with the best of the best. Yep. But at least if there was a commitment to quality, you could say, hey, this was a freak accident. What would happen if somebody who's been in the wrestling business two months and wasn't trained by a credible professional got really badly hurt as a guy like me would be shouting from the rooftops. See, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. So you got to protect the business first. And that's what's not happening here. And it sounds negative, but it's real. Commit to quality. What makes you qualified to be on a wrestling show? What makes like who trains you? How like not how much did you pay for training? How long did you train for? You know, those are basic questions. And it, it's, or the other thing is, what happens when a spectator gets hurt? Somebody doesn't realize, hey, you know, I'm going to swing this chair because it looked cool on TV last night. So, and then their backswing takes out a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. Guess what? Venue, The venue gets sued in that situation. And then no venue touches wrestling. It's bad across the board. Commit to quality, and then no one can say anything. I like a lot of what I see in local wrestling but but the commitment to quality has to be there. One of the, one of the problems like one of the things a company needs to do is have 12 to 14 guys that could be on any show. When they say okay, he's not working for that company but it's cuz he doesn't get along with that company, but he's good enough to be on a show, right? Kevin Chevy might be burnt with somebody, but he could be, he belongs on any show he shows up on, right? Have a commitment to quality is basically what I'm saying. No commission, though, unless you can get Andrew Shellcross to be the commissioner.
3: All right, no commission without Andrew Shellcross. Do you want to put a pin in this, go to the break? Yeah. All right, let's do it. This episode of Bees, She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and, of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees, She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code BEESSHEES. That code is B-E-E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store.
1: The constructive dialogue continues on B. She's Wrestling. Another legend has passed away just weeks after Superstar Billy Graham passed away. Another WWE Hall of Famer and undisputed legend, the Iron Sheik, has passed away at age 81. And uh, this one, you know, on Superstar Billy Graham, there was a question if he ever lived up to his full potential. Iron Sheik surpassed his potential. He trained in 1972 with Vern Gagne in the the camp that included Ric Flair. And by 1983, he was the biggest heel in the business. And uh, it was only natural when it was time to transition from Bob Backlund to the American hero, Hulk Hogan. There was no one better in WWF to do it than the Iron Sheik. At the beginning of Rock and Wrestling... Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov as a tag team were feuding with Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo at the first WrestleMania. USA Express.
3: Yes, I always thought that the, the Sheik, Sheiky baby, retired too soon, like from active, active comp- competition because he started. would he would have been done around right after the backland thing, wouldn't he? He wasn't no, around for much No, time. he was
1: Colonel
2: Mustafa
3: in yeah, 92. He, yeah, he was yeah, the I mean, like, main event at SummerSlam 91. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. My bad. I yeah. thought that was the end of it. You're right. No. He was in the Gimmick Battle Royal in one. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was under contract in WCW in 1989 and 90, but they yep. didn't realize that it automatically rolled over. That's amazing. Yeah. He was... Um, So in... Mania 2, was it? How, how did that go? British Bulldogs beat him and Volkov? Uh, no, no, they beat the Dream Team. Oh, right. Dream Team beats Rotundo. WrestleMania 1, Rotundo and Wyndham beat yes. uh, Sheik and Volkov. WrestleMania 3 was, no, that was the
2: Bolsheviks. The, no, no the, I'm I think, out. no, WrestleMania 1, the Sheik and Volkov won the tag team championships. From Wyndham and Rotundo. Were they the champions? Yes. Then they did. Because Wyndham and Rotundo,
1: I think, are two-time champions. Because
2: they hit him with a cane and then... I
1: think Sheik and Volkov only held it once.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they did.
1: But he was the big... He was cast as like the second... So Piper was the main heel on the roster, and Sheik was like probably two or three as the top heel. He
2: was one of my favorite LJN wrestling figures, the Iron Sheik. Because the curly toe? Yeah, I like the curly toe and the cool pants and... Man, he's iconic. Like he's the Iron Sheik, and he became even more socially. Like he was still like one of the most
1: trending stars on Twitter.
3: Yeah, he worked his gimmick in the mid two thousand
1: like tens, like in two thousand fifteen or sixteen.
2: Regular uh, guest on the Howard Stern
1: show. Yeah, that was a big thing for him. But then there's also the he got hooked on on drugs Mm -hmm. later. Like I don't think he was. The word is he was clean for many many years. And then the business, he started dabbling with it. Marty Janetti tells a very good story about uh, Sheik, but I'm not going to tell it, but it was good. It involved drugs and women.
2: There was a funny story. I was on the way over here. I was listening to Busted Open, and they had a funny story that Tommy Dreamer was telling how he was backstage with the Iron Sheik once, and they had uh, Sheik was in a wheelchair, and the Sheik saw Vince coming. And then he got dreamer to like get him out of the wheelchair. And he's like, get me up, get me up. And dreamers like, what are you talking about? Just, just stand me up, stand me up. So he stands him up. And then Vince walks by and he's like, Oh, Sheik, you look great. And puts him over a little bit and then walks away. And then, uh, he says to dreamer or dreamer says to him, like, why did you do that? And dreamer and she says, to dreamer, you never know. I might get another run.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a a good story that Marty Janetti told that's different than the first story was, uh, I they were cracking down on drug tests in the late 80s actually and um this is after he got pinched with hacksaw in 87 I believe so so he goes into Vince's office and he's like uh uh I got, I got, your drug tests have come back. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. I know, I know what you're going to you say. You tested
3: positive. Oh, good. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> yeah. Positive is good. No, it means that you were. Very you, bad. Yeah, you tested for cocaine. And he's like, what? I tested for cocaine? What about JDD? What about the magnificent Morocco? What about, and he names off the crew and he says, they all did it with me. <laughs> oh <laughs> Just my sewering
2: God. everybody. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, she, oh, everyone has a funny story about the chic and you know, he's, he'll go down as a one month WWF world champion. He ended the Bob
2: Backlund reign. He ushered in the Hulk Hogan reign. Probably the greatest transitional champion of all time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably. I ab- would say so. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, share your favorite iron chic memory.
2: I have one, but I can't say it on the radio. Uh, yeah.
1: I never met the man, but, uh, you know, Alberta wrestler Steve Rivers says that that was his first match.
0: Really? It was against wow. Colonel
1: Mustafa in on WWF TV. Hmm. So I, amazing that your very first match in the business would be a TV enhancement match, but apparently so. Um, who saw Dark Side of the Ring? I did. It was good. Magnum it TA. It's funny because recently we had a debate about who could have replaced Hulk Hogan. 1984. Imagine if the Sheik dropped it to Magnum TA. Yes, and... So this, this documentary, this episode two of season four was amazing because they did nothing to to make Magnum TA look bad. It was just a terrible story. He, he loved fast cars and was making way, way too much money and was able to go into a Porsche dealership and say, I want that one and drove it off the lot. Yep. And he was driving very fast on a rainy night, which... Is kind of questionable judgment, and he hydroplaned on what was two to three inches of water, and I sheared I, a telephone pole in half. Yes, I've wow. hydroplaned before, and it's scary. It's yeah, yeah, like you feel it immediately. You're you the wheel doesn't feel the same. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and if you're driving a Porsche and you're driving too fast, um, and it ended what what was going to be an amazing career. And I got so much from this documentary, and I'll talk about some of that. He was such a hot baby face that David Crockett swears that if Magnum TA doesn't get hurt, Crockett goes on to another year of great, uh, another amazing year. If you remember Crockett 1987, they transitioned to Nikita Kolov and they considered it a bit of a down year. It wasn't as bad as they made it sound. 1987 for Crockett was a good year because that's when they launched war games with dusty Nikita and the road warriors against the four horsemen. The four horsemen were ultra hot at this time. And that's something that they don't talk about with Magnum TA was he'd done the program with Tully. He'd just done the best of seven with Nikita and lost. And then he was getting primed for his run with flair, but they didn't say the word Four horsemen barely at all in that, in that entire episode. So, Here's what could have happened for Magnum TA. If this accident doesn't happen, he gets a title run against against Flair. I still think his run as a top babyface is short because I do believe Sting and Luger come along, and I don't know that
2: Magnum TA lasts as the number one babyface. But Crockett also said in the Dark Side episode that he feels that they may not have sold to Turner, which is a bold statement, had Magnum ta not gotten injured, so they what they were. That was fascinating. Yeah,
1: what they were, I guess. What Magnum said was that they were angling for him to go into a program with Flair that would have drawn big money. So, assume that that's legit. and all of 1988, is Flair being chased by Magnum, or Flair losing to Magnum and then reversing the chase? And
2: that was their down year. That was the year they really hit the wall. The NWA in 88. only, yeah, but yeah. why
1: that happened was. Starcade 87 is actually the beginning of the downfall, which they deserve that. They went to Ronnie Garvin as their champion.
2: Well, and Vince started Survivor Series Uh, uh, and
1: then coupled coupled that with WrestleMania 4. Yeah. So they, well, WrestleMania
2: 4, they only ran Clash of Champions against it. But they said if you don't, have you don't carry survivor series you can't carry wrestlemania 4 that's yeah. what they said now we knew that wasn't going to happen but that's what they said yeah. at the time
1: so what ends up happening though is march of 88 sting gets made and the business starts to heat up again but yeah you're right i don't think magnum ta rick flair i don't know if it would have carried as much business as they made it out to be like it's so easy in hindsight to mm-hmm. say this guy was hot what i learned was in the eighties, your babyface axe drew all the money. Like the rock and roll express was what lit the territory on fire. That's what the narrative was wrong about. The narrative wasn't, they said, Oh, the territory got hot because Magnum T lit the territory on fire. He's not the one, trust me, the rock and roll express lit the territory yeah. on fire. There's a very popular story where dusty got hot because the B show outdrew Dusty's main, Dusty was main eventing an A show and rock and roll express outdrew him with the B crew. And he said, nobody, I can't remember the exact thing, but nobody outdraws. Dusty was basically what he said. That's, that's really what lit the business on fire for Crockett was Rick, Ricky Morton. So, but I do believe looking further than 88 Magnum is still a player, even in the NWO era. Yeah. because he would have barely been forty in nineteen ninety eight. So how does he factor in an NWO era?
3: Because if think... he
2: goes to Vince, maybe that you know, like
1: that yeah. could have been
3: any either either or. Like maybe there's
2: could've... no Lex Luger in nineteen ninety three. Maybe it's Magnum TA there, right? I mean, see, Magnum. Lots of what ifs. Magnum was a better talker than Luger, but Magnum's intensity
1: almost veered heel. He was always angry. He was always. Um, intense which is good for a baby face to a degree but you got to have to be
2: you got to be able to turn it on and finesse it and his in, in his look was very 80s like oh, yeah. i don't know how that would have transitioned into the 90s like with like the the curly mullet and the perm and well, the you mustache. turn that
1: heel eventually yeah like eventually he becomes this badass heel like like you think about a psycho Sid almost. Except a little bit shorter version.
2: But yeah. a really cool, what a great episode.
1: Like, And he was so upbeat. Yeah. Like he, this is a guy that to this day still is considered, they said he's considered paralyzed, even though he forces himself to, to walk, you know, you walk, know, walk and be mobile. But, you know, like he was a booker for WCW after the accident. He was a broadcaster for WCW. He's a, is he a WWE Hall of Famer? I don't think so. No.
3: No. The the horseman didn't, didn't go in or did they go in without he, Magnum him? wasn't a horseman, Magnum was never a horseman. Oh right, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, never nope, turned heel. heel.
1: he was he'd always been a baby face. You're right. But he would have eventually had to turn heel. Um it definitely it definitely curbed their momentum on him cuz Dusty had the had him set to go on top. It made clear to me something I I believed and I preached about this last week. And this is what local bookers should understand. Your heels have to be hot. To get your baby faces over, then you got to. So you, when you're looking at a local wrestling crew or any wrestling crew, you got to think like you're casting, right? How can I cast this guy to be the top baby face? How could I t- cast this guy to be the top heel? Where does this guy fit from a casting perspective? Magnum Ta fit because, like Andre said, Andre named him. He looked at him and he said, "You need a hook." You look like Magnum, Magnum PI. Yeah. So they called him Magnum TA and the people associated it. So when you're looking at your local roster, how you're not sitting there going, okay, well, give me a name. Who's Martins. Sean Martins. Sean, Sean Martins. Martins. How come somebody isn't sitting there saying, hey, you got the talent, you've got the, you've got the charisma. Let's make, let's cast you to be bigger than Sean Martins, right? That's That's how it's done. You look at a guy and you say, like prime example, what were you before you were part of MVP? Just a baby face, baby face, Shane Madison. Yep. Okay. Then knowing you, it was easy to know you could pull off arrogant heel.
2: And I was worried about pulling off a heel well, at because, first. And
1: so was Bobby. Bobby yeah. was more worried
2: than you were. And now no, everybody wants to book me yeah. as a heel. Yeah,
1: But it was so natural to say, Hey, you've studied the business you know what worked for Tully Blanchard and the Four Horsemen. You know what, maybe you didn't know who Gino Hernandez was. You knew what Kurt Henning was. You knew you knew what that heel I was looking for was, right? Take a little bit from this guy. Take a little bit from this guy. Take a little bit from this guy and put it all together and be your own heel like in that mold, right? That's what you do when, do not let wrestlers come and say, I'm this guy, okay? But I need you to be this guy different so you can be a top heel that's what a booker needs to be thinking right and then you have something otherwise you're taking guys who aren't casting themselves properly right if you're going to be a cowboy and this isn't a shot at our friend well you, okay there's so many cowboy shows and movies on tv which one are you emulating Oh, I'm trying to be Stan Hansen. Take a little bit from each. Don't take Stan Hansen because he didn't have enough dialogue in his career. You got to take, when you decide you're going to, it's one thing if if you're going to be that heel that there was so much dialogue from so many promos, right? But if you're going to be, um, could you imagine someone saying, I want to be like Dirty Harry, I'm going to be like Clint Eastwood. How are you going to do that? It would never work. You can't deliver the one-liners, and if you talk in a hush, it will never translate to the people
2: of a, a wrestling crowd. How about when Chad Ripley says, I want to be GQ? Great example. And you want to say, "No, you're spunky. Chad, So at that time, <laughs> <Spunky>. <laughs> Chad
1: Ripley was just almost a peripheral part of something that James Mitchell, Frenchie Mitchell, had put together called the Ukrainian Sex Mafia, right? Who was all in that? That was Chad Ripley, Chris Stevens. GQ Smooth?
2: Wasn't that, that guy that Don trained, that, that really short guy? He
1: never came, he never came in. Never came in? No, this was PCW and it was like, I know it was Ripley and Stevens.
2: I can't remember who the other And I think,
1: was. was Dixon part of this? I think Dixon might've been. Maybe. Yeah. So it was guys that were, that I really liked. Yeah. But they were underneath and I couldn't just say, I like you, I'm going to put you in the main event. No. Hey guys. Let's find something for them to do. Go out there. We've got a very hot main event. And like I said last week, get one thing hot and everything underneath can, has a chance. Go out there and l- l- I'm not going to, I'm not going to write you guys a main event program. But when the people like you, I have to write a program for you. That's what you do. Yeah, you go get yourself Develop over. your character and get the people to care about you. you that's why people, well, how many people got over because Hulk Hogan drew the house in WWF in 1986? Okay, so Honky Tonk Man, biggest benefactor of the Hulk Hogan factor. Hulk Hogan draws the crowd in, draws the TV numbers in. Honky Tonk Man has a creative character that they wanted to be a babyface. And when it failed, it became the best heel in the company. Right, there is a factor on that. Honky Tonk Man, you didn't just come in and look at him and say this guy's going to be a main eventer. He w- he was the benefactor of the Hulk Hogan benef- uh, the Hulk Hogan effect. So was Randy Savage. So was Her- Hercules Hernandez. The entire roster was that. You need a hot main event. So nobody should go in saying I want to be the main event. They should go in saying, I'm going to work on who I am and how the crowd responds to me. So the promoter has to cast me as the main event. What did Chad Ripley do for you, remember? So he came up and he said, please, please. I'm working on this character. (laughs) Because he had been GQ in in CWF, in 1997. What, what was it? GQ smooth. Is that? No, he was GQ, GQ, Chad Ripley. Okay. He was basically, he was going to wear a blazer to the ring. Yeah. And he, if he got the stick, he could get over as what he, a mo- male model. It wasn't going to work. He didn't look like a male model. No. He didn't have nice clothes. He, he didn't had present himself. properly. He dyed his hair blonde, had really dark eyebrows and wore a blazer. He, he looked out of place to be a model, but he said to me, please let me try. And I said, Chad, I'll make you a deal. Next week. you be Chad, you be GQ. Chad Ripley. And if it works, we'll go with it. Well, before that, we'd nicknamed him Spunky because he had this weird ponytail because he didn't have very long hair. Right. And he had just enough to get an elastic around it. And it was kind of like stuck out. So the fans started chanting Spunky and, and whatever, however it happened. I think as a ring announcer, I referenced it. And he's calling himself GQ and the fans are yelling Spunky. So he came to the back and he said, you're right, GQ's dead. I'm going to run with Spunky. And that's how it happened. And he was an opening card guy. He was putting guys over. But the people cared, so it was over like crazy. Yeah, once the people care, ponytail. Yeah, once the people care, you don't keep jobbing the guy. You turn it around, make the people care. Don't you? You don't need a push to get the people to care. Magnum T A in this documentary loses game seven of the best of seven. Nobody thought the heel was going over in that. Yeah, the, it's written for the babyface to win in game seven to conquer in the end. Magnum T A does the job it made, it should have it would have made him stronger for his run for the world heavyweight title.
3: Anyway. All right, before we move on from Magnum, too, uh, new f- figures coming out with Magnum involved. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, so our friends at Powertown, who released the first edition, which is still waiting to be mailed out. You haven't got yours yet? No. I know Matt out. Cardona's yeah, got his. Yeah, they're out, and it's a matter of probably getting to Canada from the States. Are you going to open them? No. But Kerry Von Erich is late in shipping. They're shipping that one separately. I would like so. to
2: see them. We should yeah. have a little viewing. Yeah, here. we'll do yeah. a video viewing.
1: So it's uh, Luthez, Vern Gagne, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, and not uh, Magnum T.A. Magnum T.A. Yeah, no, uh, Kerry Von Eric's coming later. But The, de- the w- death match. But Powertown is now releasing Remco All-Star Wrestlers. Mm. And it is the Rock and Roll Express, Bobo Brazil, the I Quit Match, which is Tully Blanchard and Magnum T.A., and why can I not
2: remember the other two guys? It is... Uh, the Remco are basically like the old He-Man figures, yes. basically is what they look yeah,
1: like. Yeah, and they turned them... And AWA had the contract, yep. and um, the owners of Powertown have resurrected the Remco brand. I hope it goes well. Um, and Magnum's going to... Magnum's one of the owners of that, and that's actually... We had a, we might have a chance to have Magnum on the show, and there's a couple questions I'd love to ask him. Like, you know, what is, what is great... Other than the accident, like... How long he says he was going to retire at thirty anyway? He yeah. was twenty seven. I don't believe that. No, you get addicted to the money. <laughs> you you keep going. Yeah, and so. if you
3: can walk in places and buy Porsches.
1: Yeah, exactly you, for cash.
3: You, for cash.
1: Yeah, you're you're not it's retiring. A pretty at good 30. stick. Absolutely. So, so that's where it's at. Um, Magnum TA, dark side of the ring. Great episode. I highly recommend it. Check it out if you can see it.
3: And there you go. All right. You know what that means? It's time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken crave delicious. Crave Canadian.
0: Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba Chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's Coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and
2: cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a
0: secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave Delicious.
3: Boys, we've got two questions in the mailbag this week. One coming in on our email, totalbshes at gmail.com. You can also get to us on Instagram, bshes wrestling on Instagram, bshes wrestling on Facebook, Total totalbshes still on Twitter, and slide into our DMs and send us some love. Also, by the way, not related to that, but related to the podcast in general, rate, review, subscribe, help us out. All right. This one, again, through the email from Marge Conway. Hi there, guys. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the show and a devoted Winnipeg wrestling fan for nearly three decades now. Unfortunately, I am currently incarcerated at the Women's Correctional Facility here in Manitoba. All right, what? Well, well, I don't know, but you, Marge, if you're is listening now. Oh, is it sunny? Marge, if you're listening, tell tell your friends to listen while they're in there. Okay, <laughs> she's incarcerated. But anyways, I'm able to listen to your podcast weekly. I was wondering what your thoughts were on the current state of the women's wrestling here in Winnipeg. There certainly were a lot of women, were not a lot of women participants back in the day, and it seems true today as well. What do you think needs to happen at a grassroots level to encourage more uh, women to join Winnipeg wrestling? I can certainly attest to the fact that there are several tough women roaming the mean streets of Winnipeg today. Mike. I used to frequent PCW shows back in the day, and I'm embarrassed to say that I found you incredibly cute. That is embarrassing. Oh, look embarrassing. at
1: that. Is that a compliment or an insult? This is a long question. Well, she she She's was a
3: statement. She was complimenting you. I was, in, was insulted. I'm embarrassed to say I found you
1: incredibly good looking. That angling is a, for
3: fees. No, that is a negative. That is an <laughs> insulting statement. All right. She's scheduled to just be careful with your words. She's scheduled to be released later this summer. Uh-oh. And one of the first items on my list is to head to Mary Brown's and try one of the delicious chicken sandwiches you boys can keep talking about the food they serve us here isn't so great <laughs> happy pride month marge yes marge thanks a lot again pass us around to your friends in the in the joint let them know to listen to uh, b she's wrestling
2: where do we even start with that one i believe
1: we're being ribbed women's wrestling, but it was such a good question that it sounds legitimate you're you're pretty cute though you are pretty did, cute. no listen she <laughs> said i'm embarrassed to say
2: that i used to find you attractive Maybe, she's, maybe what she meant was she is embarrassed to act on this.
3: No. Or maybe she's just embarrassed to admit it. Okay, wow. Wow. That,
2: we're getting away from
1: the okay, question. yes,
3: yes. Let's not Because I, I don't care that.
2: if she
1: thinks I'm cute or not.
3: I think you do care. You're getting a little bit hot under the collar no, there. No, no. You're a little worried. <laughs> All right. No He's working con- on his tan. i went to the tr- pool I, last yeah.
1: week. I, I want to answer this no to, the best, from Mike. to the best of my ability. What has to happen is the promoters have to generate more female audience because that's how someone's going to come forward and say, I would like to try this. Right. So there's tricks to do it. It's been done in 01, 02. It was done at the Palladium in 2010. It was done again one more time with WFX. And what was done was figure out who your freaking poster boy is and you make the, you make some of your graphic marketing about the poster boy, right? A, couple, a year ago, I I suggested Brendan Cowan would be the guy that could be the poster guy just to draw the women. Um, a year later, I don't know where he's at in his development. So if you can generate more female fans that are of an age of 18 to 25, a couple of them will step forward and say, hey, I would like to try training. I'm reminded in 2001 of a girl named Jade who ended mm-hmm. up being your manager yep. only because we didn't have the female talent. We, at the time we had Alexis Vixen. She was a go-getter too. Yep. She was taking bombs. Yeah. And she was getting, yet, she was picking it up. Like yep. she was serious. Lynn Adams was around at that time, but not, there's never ever been a group or a crew or a leader of the women's that the women's uh, effort that would lead to more women but it, it starts with how the shows are marketed. And if you're going to draw women as fans, you will start to get women training. Women training, as long as you responsibly train them, right? AJ or Mentalo, Don't train them in a class with guys. Train them specifically with girls yeah. so that they're comfortable, so they don't get as overwhelmed. Make it, tr- Adjust the class so that, unfortunately, hey, it's not tough love, You've, you're developing, women can't take the physical pain threshold that may, men can. I'm sorry, I don't believe they can. And a lot of guys can't take it either. So I want to make sure I don't I don't end up locking myself into a gender, gender inequality thing here. But give women the opportunity to be comfortable by training with themselves and adjusting the, the course so that it, it works to the women's strengths and with a goal of how much can you draw if you can get a viable women's division. Look at Alberta, Restless Riley, Kat Von Hees, uh, Ava Lawless, look at Ontario, look at BC. There's women all across the country. Never has there been women in Winnipeg. And it's a, and it's a reflection of leadership as much as it is a lack of women, uh, women wanting it.
2: And I think also with women, they have to be really more passionate about the business am probably more passionate than guys about Absolutely. because it's a more male dominated industry thankfully we are seeing a more of an influx of female talent which is great across the country across but not the country, in winnipeg but not in winnipeg for whatever reason but i think you have to really find these women who are students of the game that don't mind you know putting themselves out there in that environment to get trained i actually have a theory in winnipeg cuz cavon he started here in...
1: There was nothing for her, so she ended up in Alberta. And why is her name Kat Von Hees? Because it's lazy, Carn. Right? Yeah. Way back then. Yeah. So, then that's testament to Duggan and, and that crew. But one of the things I will say that's hampered Winnipeg wrestling is the people who led it, and I was one of the people who led it. They don't. They don't do well at. Um. In uh at, okay. Let me innovating. Tr- no. It, how they relate to the opposite sex. Right. Right. Ernie Todd was never going to find a woman and train her and bring her into the wrestling. Remember, he had that manager that ended up with Henry Finkel, Miss Ballbuster or something. Bambi, oh, yeah. Bambi? No. Was that her? Miss, Miss Ballbuster. Yeah, yeah, but oh, yeah, that was man. like, that was a manager. But again, like
2: Ballbuster, even yeah, that is like, kind exactly. Of a, like, but what, that was To his defense, that yeah. was the
1: end of the attitude era. For sure. Um, but like, you got it. When you have. It's like in a real world, real world workplace, you don't, you, you, maybe the guys will be behind closed doors and rib on each other a certain way, but professionalism is how you interact with everybody is equal. You have to be that way with the women that want to become wrestlers. You have to create an environment that's welcoming to the female talent so that they feel
2: comfortable. We've seen women's like. Basically, turned off and scared away, and just like, well, yeah, yeah, you know. because they
1: train them like they're dudes and We've they say, and that. they do yeah. that as a badge of well, honor, or they're inappropriate, yeah. I haven't seen much of that, it's there, it's there, but but like, I personally haven't seen it because you know what, to be honest, if I saw a guy like maybe I did see it, I don't know, but it's that. Make, create a welcoming environment for the women; they will come. Sorry to. And
3: and, and really, just to qu- quickly put a put a pin in it. To more to your point, you you book the the guys to draw the women in. Then they need to see a kick ass women's match on the show to really get because you might draw them in with the guys, but it might just be it was a fun night out. But if they see a kick ass women's match on the show, they plants the seed that they can a do it. Plants the seed in their head that they can do it. And it's yeah. also a lot of guys
2: will come to see the good looking women
3: Ex- who are doing exactly. that. So Great example
2: of a dropped
1: ball was when Jamie Galloway was coming around and yep. wanting to learn the business and they just, they, no one wanted to, nobody. They took were scared
2: the, to talk to her because she was friends with me.
1: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, nobody said, really tried to say, okay, Jamie, we're going to, this is where you're going to start. This is the I end remember goal. that actually, yeah. This, she looked like a million dollars. She yeah. was a fitness model. Yeah. So, but nobody, there was no leadership given. There was no direction given. And she felt like she was, they treated her like she, she was just there to be yeah. Paul RCD's sidekick. And it did nothing for
3: her. And she got bored of it. All right. There we go. Moving on to the next one. This one coming in from Travis on Twitter using the hashtag wrestling and the hashtag Mary Brown's mailbag. He says. Do you think that somebody like Impact Wrestling or the NWA should look at a guy like Ryback? He's talking about coming back this year. I don't see him having a shot in WWE ever again, and I doubt All Elite would look at him. Do you think somebody like Impact or NWA should take a shot? Mm, no. I, I think Impact is the only one that could rehab his abil- his image. I don't think they should, though. They won't. But they I think they're the only ones who could.
1: He brings nothing to their roster. Their rosters are in... The way they use their roster. He's never brought anything to any yeah, roster. Yeah, but the though. way that Impact uses their roster, he has adds no value. They get the most out of the out of the least. And it, it's very, very it's a very well booked company. They're, Ryback will not add anything to it. Um NWA maybe, just like Chris Adonis is there, just like um well, who's the champ Tyrus is the champion? Tyrus,
2: uh- Trevor
3: Murdoch, Trevor, yeah. EC3 so, is
1: so there. Stevens. There might be a fit there for him to come in. I don't know how they would cast him. I don't know if it would or work. Or pay him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much he would want. Big money. I question if he could even really pop a number for Danny Duggan's CWE tour.
3: So if he couldn't do that, how is he going to do it for a big company and have an impact? I think he could pop a number. but I think, how? He, I think he would his, his name value is still there. He's not been off TV that long. He still has some name. It's been for ten da- years for da- for Danny. I'm talking about Danny, not not for anybody else. His look might draw them in, but he on a big league level,
1: he, no, there's no. no value to his name. Nobody's but clamoring to hear even Ryback. on
3: Danny's show. I think by the end of the tour, if he was done a full tour, he will have alienated everybody. And on did you roster. see Booker T.
2: job them out this week? Yeah, no. Booker T. was uh, he was I guess he extended the invitation to come on his podcast. Ryback had all these demands and wanted money, and Booker T. rescinded his offer on Twitter and basically job, job the guy out. Yeah. That's
3: Booker T.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So I I just don't think there's anything on that guy. Okay.
3: There we go. That's the two questions we got this week in the Mary Brown's mailbag. You know how to get them on here. If you want to send us an email, get at us on social media. All right, moving on boys. we got a couple more things we want to get to before, uh, the Mecca's special. Let's talk tickets
1: for a second.
3: Let's talk
1: WPW tickets. It is, uh, it's been a work of art. They've got a 1,200 seat configuration for Burt, uh, Rumble at the Burt. And that show is in October. We're in June. 600 are sold.
2: 600 tickets are sold as of we're half recording this. They're
1: way there. So I think. With nothing
2: announced. Nothing announced. No. And they've got an event before then. And you know what? And I'd be curious to know how many people that actually go to their shows who are frantically trying to get tickets on their phone, how many of those people have bought tickets yet. It's maybe that. at the Blue Crushed show, sold out July 28th. Maybe they announce, hey, for those of you who haven't heard, Rumble Burt, October 7th. Maybe they sell some more to those people that, there.
3: That's where they announce the name, I think. And
1: also, th- they're going to, gonna to f-
3: pop that number. Doing yeah. everything right, those they're guys also are fi-
2: darlings. They're also going to find <laughs> this.
1: Their hardcores have bought the 600 tickets, now you're going to, it might be tricky now because of the signed seating aspect, but now you're going to have people who say, Hey, remember I told you about that WPW show. Well, they are got to show at the Burt word of mouth. will start to push it. Yeah. too. Um, they're halfway there. I think they'll get there. I think it'll be, I think they'll actually expand their configuration. Cause I know they can do that. Hey, yeah. better
2: than some collision dates that are uh, oh. coming up. <laughs> Six hundred tickets, AEW would be happy Hamilton for that.
1: Hamilton is been dreadful for 700, them. Seven hundred, I think. Yeah, at. that's for the second show because they're doing Ugh. they're doing. The problem is, <laughs> how did they think that they some of these markets could do two TVs in a week? Winnipeg did it once in 04 with Raw SmackDown. They were crazy. Regina's uh, tickets aren't moving. CM Punk's not moving the needle. What is scary for AEW right now is if these ticket sales are a reflection of how many eyeballs are going to watch it on TV. They are in deep, deep crap.
2: Tony Khan is expecting basically 650,000 viewers for his ramp or his uh, collision show Saturdays on TNT. Which, by the way, no word whether or not that's even available in Canada. If it is on TSN, will be preempted like crazy for CFL football. No. On, on TSN on Saturdays? No, because uh, TSN has three feeds. Yeah, but they still play the whole the same thing on all five of those feeds. Well, yes, game. but like they can they can allocate a feed. But I can yeah. see them pushing that either to TSN 5 or pushing it to 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, which would be terrible. Yeah, like preempting a live show is not good. But the biggest question is this. Everybody's all CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. For me, I don't care about CM Punk. I wish he was gone. And... I got news for you. I don't think he's going to move the needle. He's moved 800 tickets in Chicago. All the other cities for collision. He's moved nothing. Yeah. It, it's it, passed. It's done. It's over. Whether it's
1: done or not is not really the case. The problem is going to be diluting your TV and having no momentum on the dilution. Like on the second show is a disaster because all it's going to do is suck away from your Wednesday night show. Their Wednesday night show hasn't been that strong lately they're programming like they're going to go to cole versus mjf next adam cole versus yep. mjf i don't know that cole's strong enough as a baby face like i don't know that he's there and i don't know that that's doing anything for I, mjf i don't not having strong is. baby faces. i don't
3: think adam cole's there yet i think, I, that, think so I think it's gone too quickly they've they've hot shot it like they do everything they
1: effed themselves royally fees themselves royally Omega was the guy that the fans, I believe, would have got behind as a babyface, and they're going to miss that boat because when they finally go to it, it'll be way too late. There's no babyface on that roster right now other than Omega who who can run with MJF and draw any kind of business. And that means MJF's title reigns a joke. MJF is a top heel, goes down three levels, and no babyfaces could rise to the occasion. Two that maybe could, and it's crazy to say, Orange Cassidy maybe could run with MJF. And Kenny Omega, Wardlow, they bombed on like Samoa Joe. Like there's nobody. They could get Ricky Starks hot again. I don't think hot enough. No, no. Maybe he just
2: lost to Jay White.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he's an under, I think he's an underneath guy who's flirting with being, with breaking through, yeah. yep. but it's very hard to well, he break, broke through already. And they just pushed it. It's back very down. hard yeah. to break through in a title, in a main event yeah. title push. You got to get there and then get your
3: main event title push. It's not good. Okay, so before we move on from that, it just strikes a question to me. Is this not really a reflection on CM Punk? Maybe it's just a reflection on people that finally have had enough of this dog and pony show.
2: Well, the one thing is everybody said, well, when CM Punk was around, the business was hotter. And then when he left, it kind of went into the sheaser a little bit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't believe that. I think when CM Punk left after All Out last year, I think the business was starting to slide down the hill a little bit. Already, yeah. So now it's at the bottom of the hill. They bring Punk back. Is Punk the guy to bring it out of the hole? I don't think he is.
1: But then they don't have anyone to bring it out of the hole. They don't.
3: I think he could if he can cut a Pipe Bomb-esque promo. That's not going to help him now. And light it up. However... I think I I honestly think it's what I said. I think people are finally hip to this, uh, hip to what's going on, hip to how everything's either being hot shot or everything pushed aside. They got Hook as a tag team wrestler, for God's sake. With Jungle Boy, who with, said
2: he doesn't want to do tag teams after the Luchasaurus thing. Now he's back in a tag team with Hook. Like, exactly. What is going like, on? Well, because he th- failed so bad in his singles push on main
3: event. I think people have, event. people have had enough, and I think we're starting to see that with the people tuning out.
2: Yeah. So I mean, regardless, more wrestling on TV is good. More money for AEW from Turner is good. But, I mean, I think they have an uphill battle here.
3: All right. Do we have anything else before the yeah. event center? Um,
2: your buddy, Mike. Adam Knight. Adam Knight. Knight, Knight he broke got... someone's jaw this week. We can't and it get wasn't out of, mine. And yes. it, and it can't, wasn't mine. We can't get out of the B's, she's, without your obligatory Adam Knight I know. Reference. I've been trying to move it along all night Who's going who's to Whose jaw got broken? Time? Scott Ripley. Okay. Believe it or not. And you know what? So now we know he can actually throw a punch. See, yeah. he tried to legitimately punch you. He didn't work. But if he threw a work punch, he shattered this guy's jaw in two places, Jeez. and he needs surgery.
3: Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. So I feel
2: bad for the guy. What I know
1: too. about Adam Knight, I'll say this: he's never been a guy that's hurt guys in the ring. Right. That was this an was, accident, was an accident. Clearly. Yeah. It's not like when he slaps fans where he makes a choice and and it's bad. This I I don't relish in this. It honestly, must have been a freak accident. Hopefully
2: Scott Ripley's okay. Um, Has to get surgery, uh, but he doesn't hold it against Adam Knight. Adam Knight felt terrible. Yeah. It was an accident, obviously, but let's just call it the way it is. Hey, if you're throwing a punch, I've seen a broken nose, I've seen a potato. To break someone's jaw in two places, you're throwing way too much heat.
1: Yeah, you know? absolutely. Way too heavy. Something was off. So we'll just say all that. right. And
2: finally, yeah. we've got some news. We wanna wish friend of the show, AJ Sanchez. Yes. Been uh, diagnosed with, I guess, diverticulitis. That's correct. The same ailment that Brock Lesnar had. Yeah. They had to remove, I believe, 16 feet of intestine. Oh, oh. So this was like a career... This almost killed Brock Lesnar. When he was diagnosed, he was in Brandon. We went to the hospital. He realized the Canadian healthcare system is not a great system to be in. Went to the Mayo Clinic, got it dealt with, taken care of. Obviously, he's gone on to do amazing things. But A.J. Sanchez... Uh, apparently was diagnosed with this. I don't know if it had something to do with his ring style. He kind of intimated that that might have had to do with, yeah. you know, his ring style might have exacerbated this. Anyways, we want to wish him a speedy recovery. I mean, a uh, tremendous talent, tremendous trainer, and he's offered a lot to the local business and uh,
1: from a terrible news, from a guy 12, 13 years out of touch. I really hope he recovers quickly
3: and gets I, back in the <laughs> ring. I don't I, don't, I don't, I haven't talked to AJ about it, but, I reached I, out I, to him. I, I get the sense that, well. that they they've caught it uh, early. That's
1: good. Yeah, and like and that's I don't a know major
3: invasive surgery. Yeah, probably. like
2: I don't know what he's looking at as far as surgery or what the procedure is. Are I don't even know too much about diverticulitis. I know Brock Lesnar had it. I know what happened there.
3: It's, but polyps in the small intestine and then they can pop and then they cause a uh, infection inside of you. Okay. So if he has gotten away without a bunch of them popping he might be able to be treated. I I don't know, like I said, I haven't reached out to him, but that's yeah. what I know. I, I researched this for the show today. So. Okay,
2: well, we're thinking about you, AJ, and uh, speedy recovery, and we know you'll be back up and running quick and soon as you possibly can, but uh, our thoughts are definitely with you here.
3: All right, Mike, to answer your next question, one hour and 13 minutes. <laughs> it wasn't my next question. It wasn't your next question? Yeah, okay. Let's Do go it. to the event center.
2: This is your Bees, She's event center. There's nothing coming up in Manitoba this week, but the rest of Western Canada is quite busy. We go to Alberta. Real Canadian Wrestling is in Drumheller, Alberta on June 16th. The next night, they are in Edmonton. Ken am Wrestling is in Innisfail, Alberta on June 16th. June 17th, they are in Olds, Alberta. We go to Love Pro Wrestling. They return to Pigeon Lake, Alberta on June 17th. Pure Power Wrestling comes to Lethbridge on June 17th. And finally, Monster Pro Wrestling is in Westlock on June 18th. Over in Saskatchewan, Prairie Pro Wrestling comes to Saskatoon on June the 17th. And finally, we go out to British Columbia. 365 Pro Wrestling is in Victoria on June 16th. And the next night, they're in Courtney, BC. And that... Is your B She's Wrestling Event Center.
3: Thanks a lot, Mecca. And for Mike Davidson and special guest host, the Mecca Shane Madison, I'm producer Chris. It's another week of
0: B's She's Wrestling. Well, the boss called me up and said, Come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. And wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, oh, I love to watch the missing Link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper, butt butt delivered by the ice Man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes and Guardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the Iron Claw as only the Von Erics can. Well the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight. And I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. Well my girlfriend called and friend. She could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late. But I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I and that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I and that's wrestling. Kevin Von Eric, when he's really high and flying. I'd like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine well i wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls and i wouldn't miss this for nothing i said honey i hope you ain't hurt she said i'm putting on my wrestling shirt i'm going to wrestling going to wrestling r-a-s-s-l-i-n that's wrestling r-a-s-s-l-i-n that's wrestling Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late, I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, and that's wrestling. R A S S L I N, and that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in from now on every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's Razzle. Well, if I'd known this was gonna happen, I wouldn't have bought those advance tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?